You and I know that making smart financial decisions can be challenging. But in 21st century, financial freedom is no longer just for the 1% wealthy. It is for you and me. The question is, how do we find time, avoid making painful mistakes, and find the best resources to help us reach our financial goals? Join me on my journey helping busy families figure out how they can gain financial confidence and clarity, get actionable tips, and learn from the best experts on how to stop trading time for money. It is now the time you started living your best financial life. My name is Anna Shergunina, and welcome to the Money Boss Podcast. Cobbler kids have no shoes comes to mind when I think about this this topic and financial literacy for kids is on my mind. Now, um, I am not going to go with this <laughs> with this idea, but um, being a financial planner and spending my career and last 17 years in this field really allows me to see where um, and how all of you out there, and especially my clients, um, learn about finances and how they how they deal with their money. So I've always been fascinated by the idea is, okay, if we can teach our kids early enough, right, um, as, as young as, you know, as we can get, and the research out there says um, that their brains are the most developed by the age of seven. And so like this time, right, when they're so little and still some of these smart financial habits, then we're going to set them for success. In this episode, a fellow colleague, certified financial planner, Jim Degatano, is going to help us understand um, financial literacy and what parents can do to really set themselves on that path. And also really uh, learn about his new book called Larry the Bunny Saves the Money and how some of these principles that we as adults take for granted, such as saving um, and you know being smart with our spending and can start to, uh, to instill in our kids at the very young age. So join me on this conversation. Hey, Money Bosses. I'm so excited for today's, today's conversation. I've got an exciting guest, a fellow CFP, Certified Financial Planner Professional, uh, Jim Digatano. And um, we're going to chat about financial literacy. I mean, as you guys can tell, two certified financial planners can talk um, a lot on all kinds of topics. But, um, you know, let's kind of pause and think about that next generation, and especially if you have kids and um, really want to raise them as um, smart individuals when it comes to money. I think we really need to have a conversation um, about literacy for kids. And so, Jim, first of all, welcome. I'm so excited to have you here. Thanks for having me, Anna. Awesome. Awesome. So, yeah, let's kick off this topic. I mean, we could probably spend hours and hours really diving deep into it. But I think to begin with, um, what what do your experience has been in this industry other than having your own kids? You kind of, you know, you yeah. <laughs> sort of learn on a job, right? Yes. <laughs> I've yes. learned that. Um, but really, like if we were to sit in front of our clients and like be honest with them and say, okay, we need to be serious. Like we've done all this good job for you with for your finances, but when do we start to think about kids? Mm-hmm. Well, I have two kids. I have a five-year-old and a seven-year-old, uh, son and daughter. And um, it was last year. Uh, well over a little bit of a year ago. So my kids were a year younger and I just kind of um, was thinking I, I really need to solidify 
uh, how I'm going to teach them about money. And and I've always been, there's certain things you do as a parent when your kids are, are young. So for example, walking up the 16 steps, I'm always counting every step they walk up and you just think they're learning the numbers as they do that and just other things that you do. But it kind of, uh, I, I re, as you do probably uh, as well, Anna, read a lot on behavioral finance, uh, being a CFP of what we do. And so that really morphs a lot into learning about how the brain works and operates. And I do a lot of reading on neuroscience and neurobiology and things like that. And so one of the things that literally hit me that I just don't think I I really uh, fully got before was how quickly um, our our brains uh, uh, grow when our kids are so young and, and the brain grows at its fastest rate from ages three to five. And, and that's when we learn and absorb so quickly. And so one of the things I also learned through, through the reading and stuff was that over 90% of our habits are pretty much formed by age seven. And I just said, whoa, whoa, wait a second here. Like, you know, I get that unless you study accounting or finance in college, you might not understand much about money. We're not, it's not part of our national curriculum in high school. So it's left to the parents, the first teacher to really do it. But, you know, most parents are thinking, well, I'm going to teach my kids when they're teenagers or when they're getting, you know, right before college a little bit. That's too late, frankly. If our habits, which you and I know are the primary determinant, uh, of financial success. It's learned behavior and behavior is that determinant. So I thought, my goodness, what should I do? And that's why I decided to write the book, Larry, the bunny saves his money for my kids. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, and it's actually true. I'm starting to learn a lot more of that too, since I became a mom to a little over two years ago is that, you know, all of these things are like developing so much early and that's actually starting to make sense to me because I frankly didn't learn about um, good financial management really almost, uh, you know, after I was graduating from college. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I was like, wow, really? Why not? And so um, talk a little bit about your book, because um, I know you've, it's, and I think a lot of solutions in the world exist because somebody was frustrated with something and something didn't work, but there was not a solution. And so in your case, um, you wanted to um, educate your children. Um, So yeah, uh, let's talk about uh, Larry Saves um, His Money book. Yeah, there just there wasn't a lot in the space, and um, so I just thought, well, you know what? Why not? And and uh, it just came to me very quickly. Actually, to be honest with you, I had been kind of thinking about it, and and no joke, this is how it happened. I came home from church one day, and literally, I just wrote it. Hit me, and I wrote it in an hour. And um, I told my wife, I said, uh, I I know this sounds weird, but I just wrote a children's book, and she she kind of looked at me and just just, you know, rolled her eyes and laughed. And, and, uh, I have a creative mind. So things just kind of happen. And, uh, I think she kind of laughed it off and, and then I gave it to her to read and she's a, uh, a very loving critic is what we will say, Anna. Okay. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she, she actually said, this is really good. And so I tested it with other people and teachers really loved it. Uh, cause the bunny's this little cute bunny. And that's the whole point when they're young, you know, we don't need to be talking about Roth IRAs to a five-year-old. I mean, give me a break. It's just, it's just like savings is good. And so Larry's this little cute bunny. And the mantra of the whole book is Larry gets paid 10 carats for every month's work. And every time, 
And he remembers what his dad taught, what his parents taught him. Every time you work and get your pay, save two carrots for another day. So that's two out of the 10, so 20%. And so then he goes through these different activities of life. He's got to buy groceries. He's got to um, buy a home. He actually has an Uncle Sam uh, who has to pay taxes to. Uh, and, and so that's kind of cool. And I think parents tend to laugh at that, but, but then he goes through all these things, but at the, he also, at the end of the book, he has some, since he saved himself, since he paid himself first, he has money left over and he's been able to share it with his friends and then he spends it. And so the idea of the book is savings is good. And that's all, that's all the kids need to learn is, you know, you have that save, share, spend bucket. So that can actually follow through that we'll talk probably a little bit later of, of how you kind of get kids understanding how to separate the income that they make and money. But uh, but it's just, you know, kids learn through their behavior and their environment. If this is, you know, they put their hand on a hot, on a hot uh, kettle and they burn their hands, they're going to say, oh, no, this isn't good. Um, if they cry a lot, you got a two-year-old, right? I so do, if your okay. two-year-old's crying a lot and mommy is coming to him every time he cries, he's going to cry anytime he wants mommy, right? Oh, yeah, so figured it out. <laughs> so that, you know, they know how to get what they want. And so it's just a very cause and effect type of learning that kids have at that stage. And, and I think, uh, unfortunately, a lot of, a lot of adults continue that learning process Unfortunately, that causes a lot of divisiveness. That's a whole nother podcast. But anyways, yeah, that's where we're at. I do love it. I do love the, and I did read, I mentioned this to you before we started our actual yeah. conversation, but I did read the book to my uh, two-year-old Liam. Um, of course, you know, he's still very young to, to grasp any things, but he was counting the carrots. So that was exciting. Um, but what really kind of uh, caught my attention, and maybe that's just my professional head here, right? <laughs> um, is, is that mantra that you mentioned is that, you know, once you work and you get paid, kind of focus on that saving first mentality, which is, it's really simple, really basic concept, but I mean, you know, between you and I, not everybody really follows that, right? It's like, look at where so most of the folks here in this country are at with their finances. So like that uh, save two carrots uh, for another day, or um, as I was thinking, like, is uh, Jim referring to save like 20% of what you make, like automatically, mm-hmm. uh, or live to um, like really, uh, or learn to live on less than you actually make. Um, is is a really good starting point. So yeah, I um I yeah, it is. I, I have a thing I do like a finance 101 for for kids of clients or grandkids of clients. And you know, that 20, 20 cents of every dollar, 20%, that really can be broken down into 5% into your emergency savings, 5% into your insurances, mm-hmm. and 10% into your investments. But I remember reading a book when I was in my early 20s. I don't exactly remember the name, but but it but it really had to do with the millionaire makeup in our country and that most and and statistics will still show this is that most millionaires aren't the, the, the myth is that they're just inherited their money. And and that's not the case at all. People have, you know, worked hard to create an innovation or the business or how most people do it is literally they save for it and are very disciplined for a long period of time. And what I, what, um, what that analysis showed was the millionaires, a lot of times they saved a higher amount of their income. And those that did most that were at the highest level saved 20% of their gross pay. And I just said to myself early in my career, well, that sounds easy enough. If I get, if I get used to it, then it won't be a big deal. Right. And, um, and I, I know when I, uh, speak to, um, young adults starting out their career careers, 
I go through these basic tenants and I ask, and I say, raise your hands if you think this is simple. Everyone raises their hands, Anna. And mm-hmm. then you're like, well, then why is 80 plus percent of Americans ill-prepared for the retirement they expect? And, and it just comes down to behavior and where you're at and what you're doing and that sort of thing. But but that that, you know, goes into the conversation about kids. If they just get used to it early, you know, then when they become adults, then they, it, it should, it should be an easy transition. Yeah. It becomes literally their second nature. So if we had to like pinpoint to an age and you talked about like the kids' brains gets the most development between age three and five, like, is that the suggested time to start or like start as early as you can? Well, I, I think um, science will suggest um, probably three is the earliest that kids really kind of get it. You said your two-year-old kind of counted the carrots, and that's fine. It doesn't mean that that you can't use that book they, for them to kind of count. That's great. But but as far as them kind of understanding the concept of money a little bit, once they're three, while they may not be able to like articulate that, um, that's probably the earliest. Now, I have a son and a daughter, and I noticed my daughter was is uh, much more mature than my son. Uh, and I think that happens for a long time in life, by the way. But, but, but um, it, so, so it just depends on, on your kid and, and you're going to know your kid better as to what that is. But um, let's say you're listening to this and you have a, a, a nine-year-old and a 13-year-old. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't like mm-hmm. not have the conversation. It just means that those that are younger parents with younger kids can have that earlier than you may have expected. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. I mean, the, the one thing I'll, the one story I'll share too, um, Liam does like to go to a grocery store with me, oh, just a store period. And so the fun part is when I open up my wallet and he, you know, I hand him the credit card and you know, these days, these credit cards have little chips. So he, he holds it in his hand and I just like, okay, well just tap it here. So like, uh-huh. like, okay, he loves the process. I don't think he knows <laughs> what's happening, but he does give me the credit card back. I put it back in my wallet and off we go. Like if you uh-huh. understood what's happening behind the scenes, but that's what goes in my head. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so that be, yeah. that's like the gamification of, of, of what's going on with technology and behavior oh, for, yeah. The Robin Hoods of the world and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So when that, yes, exactly. So when our kids are actually growing and they do have access to their own money, that's going to be the world that they live in. But these concepts are still um, very much what, you know, what we need to instill in them. So that kind of brings me to the next question is like, so we talked about the age, but like, what do you begin? What do you like for someone who's not like you and I, a a financial professional, they're like, okay, well, you know, what do I, you know, what do I know? What are my skills around money? And so where do you begin these conversations with kids? That's great. So I actually came up with a four-step method Mm -hmm. Um, and any parent can do this. It is actually really simple if you think about it. You do not have to be CFPs like Anna and I here to be able to do this, okay? And it is called delay it, play it, say it. And then as a parent, you better display it. And so if we kind of walk through it and delay it, um, delaying current gratification is what you're doing when you save money. And that is that is all you know. saving is, is delaying the use of a current dollar for the future. And so literally what it, what is delaying that that's patience and discipline. And so literally as parents, if we instill patience and discipline in our kids, you are actually setting them up for their financial future. So when little Johnny or little Susan wants something now, 
don't always give it to him or her, right? It, we as parents want to, you want to give the world to your kids. And, and I, I have that same impulse, but, but, you know, especially now with my son who wants to play with me every second of the day. And like, we might've played for hours together and yet he forgot the last two hours that I was, you know, playing trucks and cars and he's like, let's play, let's play. And so um, what I've tended to do is say, Hey, in five minutes, you know, or, or, you know, it teaches them patience. It teaches them some sort of, they can't have it all now, now, now. And that is going against the grain of the world we live in mm-hmm. because everything that they get on, on their iPad or, or, or that they're looking at is now, now, now. And so just that's, that's a very important thing. Delay it, um, play it, uh, think about things you play. So I'd be interested, Anna, in your thoughts of things that you do right now, or maybe will do with your son that you play that you could incorporate money. Um, for me, I, I use, uh, with my daughter, she, she likes to play restaurant owner. We have a little kitchen set. Mm -hmm. And so I have fake money and she makes these pizzas and burgers and wings and all this wonderful food. Right. And so I pay it, but, but sometimes daddy doesn't have enough money. I ran out of money. I'm not going to pay $10 for the hot dog. You know, that, 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 that's not good enough that no, I'm not. So she's, she's kind of understanding a little bit of, of how this works. Money doesn't grow on trees is the lesson there or cars and trucks with my son, there's a toll road. And so you need to pay money for the toll road. And you're, ju- they're just kind of understanding these things. Um, so any, anytime you can just incorporate money and play, it doesn't mean you have to talk in deep about it, but just a little bit. Um, so what did I say? Uh, say it, say it would be the last one. Delay it, play it, say it. Um, that's why I wrote the book. Um, I think reading to your kids and finding some other very fun books to read to your kids is an easy way. You're using someone else's words to say things that, that, that are coming out of your mouth as well. So, um, that's where Larry, the bunny saves his money comes in and in other, you know, books that you could find. So delay it, play it, say it. And then, and this may not be as big when your kids are three, four five, six, but I can tell you when we onboard clients and you probably have something similar, Anna, we ask, um, we call it a path to clarity map. We ask clients a lot of questions. And one of the ones I ask is who influenced you the most Mm -hmm. about money? And inevitably it's the parents mainly for better or worse, because they don't want to be like their parents. They're still working at 75 or whatever, or they see their parents having a comfortable life and they want to do that. So you know, when you have a young child at home, they're going to be looking at you. So display it, you know, make sure you are doing um, diligence with your own life so that your kids can see that and they're going to want to emulate you. Yeah, very true. And uh, yes, we always do ask um, our clients, um, it's like, okay, where's, you know, where have you gotten your start in in, in finance? So yeah, who was that person that, you know, impacted you hopefully positively in this space? Hey, money bosses, are you ready to get your financial life in order? Once and for all, as soon as possible? Are you tired of living paycheck to paycheck? Do you often lose track of how much money you have to spend? Do you want to get your financial life together, but just don't quite know how? I am with you. I've been there. I've struggled through all of these. And I know you owe it to yourself. You owe it to yourself to get better. So why do you continue to struggle? I know you can get your own money in order. It took me years to figure out. It took me years 
of pain, struggle, frustration, anger. But you don't have to go through all of that. You don't even have to get a financial planning degree like I did in order to be successful. Allow me to present to you my money flow system, a free playbook of how you can automate your finances, even if you hate budgeting. After you download this free playbook, you will never have to worry about budgeting. And who likes that budgeting thing anyway? You will stop accumulating debt and create a bulletproof plan of how to quickly pay it off. You will be able to pinpoint exactly what your income and expenses are. You will never have to miss a single bill again. And you will always, always have a solid idea of how much money is in each of your accounts. So head over to money-flowsystem.com to download my free money flow playbook, a blueprint to streamline your finances in less five or five weeks. Guaranteed. Head over to money-flowsystem.com. I love I love your four four method approach. I I haven't quite figured out yet um, with Liam where where there is the money component comes other than he he uses my credit card. Yeah, yeah, got it, <laughs> got it. He's a little too 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 young, but sometimes when he asks where's his dad is and say, well, he's at work making money. So mm-hmm. at least I'm starting to incorporate these things. Like, oh, why do we go to to work in the morning? Why do we rush? Yep the door so fast like were you going to take care mommy and daddy going to work to make money so yeah very uh baby steps but um there was something the other day i i, I forget i did in my daughter and, and we you know we've opened up bank accounts with the kids and they've gone to the bank and it was a whole cool thing that um that, that the bank was very uh helpful to to make it exciting for them but i forget what it was but she had counted and there was like 20 bucks okay and this was from gifts she had gotten and all that. And that's what we were going to be sending to the bank. And I made a comment and I said, I said, you know, that, that large pizza that we had last night for, for you and Garrett and mommy and dad, she's like, yeah, I said, well, that was 20 bucks. Mm-hmm. That's all of that money. You just had gone completely. And her eyes, Anna were, were like, what? what you know like she actually kind of got it a little bit now she's seven she kind of was like wait all of that would be gone just from one meal right yeah. so you, you know you, you you put it in terms that they try to understand it and if they i mean your son may not be playing with barbies maybe he's playing with, with some other toys or, or or whatever it may be um but they have outfits that cost money right so i know with my daughter i use the outfits um the, for barbies and stuff like that it's a, yeah, it's a currency, right? Yep, yep. <laughs> you have to, yeah, wrap, wrap their mind around. So something yeah. else that um, is is commonly used um, in this space for, you know, for parents as tools, like I wanted to kind of maybe talk, talk a little bit about practical tools. So yep. um, the, the the save, spend, and give jars, like the jar method, um, yep. to start to introduce these concepts to kids. So um, do you have, you have two kids that are a little bit older than Liam. Um, so, or what have you seen with your clients? And is that, is that a practical method? Oh yeah, definitely. I love it uh, for a couple of reasons, saving, sharing, and spending. Um, sometimes I call it, um, you know, saving, giving, and living. Um, some people like that. I don't know, but um, saving, sharing, and spending. And, and you save first. Then you can share, right? And, 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 you know, some people do so as a religious, uh, uh, you know, um, 
thing, 10% of their, their income or whatever. Uh, but, but then, and then spending. And so you always, and that's the whole kind of gist when you look at Larry, the bunny book that he saves, he shares with friends and then he spends. So it does fit. And the one thing about doing that with jars and actual money, I think that's important is when uh, our children and are going to grow up in a virtual world. And so how do kids reconcile bank accounts now? Oh, they, they don't. <laughs> yeah. And so, and so it is, you do not feel the emotional pain and, and, and this has been proven when you use your credit card, right? You, you don't, it does. It's how people get in trouble financially. And so when you got to go to cash and we'll do this with people say you go to cash, you spend cash. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you know, like their money runs out real quick or they actually, you know, gosh, I saved money last month. Yeah. Because you felt the pain of using that money. So they can actually learn it quicker, I think, because you're using physical money. But the reality is when they become adults, they probably won't be using physical money at all. And so establishing these habits early in life and translating that, remember the jars we used to use, right? We're using the jars, but they're virtual jars now. And so those virtual jars, you have to put that away first before you see it because you'll spend, because you'll spend it. And it's human nature. We are wired to make poor decisions financially. And then coupled in the world of consumerism that, you know, advertisers, nothing against them. That's what they do. They want you to spend, they want you to spend, they're hitting your emotions and they know exactly what your tendencies are, um, your points of inflection and interest. And so uh, they're going to get you, right? They know they know what we like, and uh, it's hard sometimes to say no. So why not just pay yourself first, and then you can spend what's left after? Yeah, that's true, and it's it's actually because we are on the receiving end of that, right? Yeah, um, clients that and you know from all from from all age groups because I have you know younger demographics and then our clients mm-hmm. who are closer to retirement, and so yeah. um, the ones that are most more successful are the most successful are the ones to, who have these principles instilled in them. And a lot of times, you like when you ask that question of a client, well, you know, what was your what was your um, life growing up like? Did you learn about finances or money? And some 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 of them don't, and so it's like they kind of completely rebel and say, like, I've got to figure this out for myself, right? Yeah, yeah. And others are um, a little bit more lucky. Like I, for instance, that was not a thing in my family. It's just, a, you know, uh, coming having to come from, from a family that immigrated to a new country. And the idea was like, okay, we need to survive. Yep. was really not on the, you know, on, on top of mind for my parents. And so, yeah, that's, you know, a completely different kind of a, you know, starting point for someone. So, um, something else that I think um, kind of closely ties into this, to this, the, to the three jars, um, is and some parents really love this idea, and some parents are completely like against it. But allowances and chores, and so this yeah. is when you actually start to to show like how money shows up, and what do you have to to do? Like even in your book, you talk yeah. talk about the bunny actually doing the work, and then he's getting paid. So, what is your take on? Um, do you like allowances? Do you give allowances to your kids and what about chores? Do they? I, that's get- great. I, you know, all these things I, I'm thinking my, my next book on the, the kids are going to include this methodology and some thoughts on chores and stuff. I think because a lot of people ask that, um, a quick note though, on it just, I found it interesting when you made a comment about your parents, when I, uh, you know, became a financial planner and, um, when you get started out in this world, you're trying to talk to everyone, you know, and find a way to, to, you know, to just get, get, um, get the ball rolling uphill. 
And I remember, you know, meeting with my parents and my mom and dad were just like, what do you, what, what? <laughs> like they didn't quite understand what, what a financial planner does and why, because they always just, they got by. We never went without anything, but we never, you know, had, you know, we never went on vacation. We never d- did any of that stuff. And so they just had enough to pay the bills and pay their mortgage and all that. So, so they never really thought about it and they were fiscal with their money. They, they were good with it. Um, but, but they just didn't see why someone would hire someone like us, um, because they were in that mindset that they just, you know, had enough and that would, that was it. So it was when, when you're talking about your parents, I, I kind of, you know, I remember them looking at me like, oh, uh, they kind of just thought like, why would you go in this career? What, what's the point? It was kind of funny to me, but, um, the, the allowance thing, I, first of all, I don't like the term allowance. I think it suggests that it's a gift. Um, you know, you're allowing them to give, you're, you're giving them. And I think one of the things we don't want, at least I don't, other people may disagree with me on this, but but I want my children to feel like they earned it. And so again, we we I don't I don't want them to feel like they're getting this gift. Um, there 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 was a, a book years ago on toxic charities, and it had to do with the expectation that. Um, you continually giving to an organization, it becomes an expectation. And so I don't want my kids to expect that they just keep getting it like clockwork. Now, you you as a parent might decide you disagree with that and you just want to call it an allowance, et cetera. I, we haven't done that yet with my kid. My, my, my son's five. He's not mature enough ready to, he's not ready to do it yet. And we're going to wait until both can do it at the same time. Because I think behaviorally there'll be an issue if Ann is getting paid and and my son Garrett is not. So, but very soon when we feel appropriate, we will. And I think um, the the way to do that, you can use a a star system uh, based on chores that are done. Um, I want to do so in a way that isn't just about basic chores because you you live in the household. There are certain things that you should do as a member of the household. And so to me, I don't want to just to do an allowance for they, I want to set certain things that, well, why, why would you earn this? You would earn it because you did it on time. You did it without complaining and your behavior was appropriate. So I think if you set up a, I'm going to use the word allowance, although what I would suggest that I know it may sound weird is that you're, you're giving them a wage and, and from that wage, they can get a bonus. It's, that's really what I'd like them to know is you work hard, you do the right behavior, you'll get paid, right? And then if you do over and above, well, you, you could get a bonus. And one of the ways that you can instill also is the saving, sharing, spending bucket is you give them incentive to save. And you say, look, if you save, you know, let's say you give them a buck, right? You give a buck, mommy and daddy will match a buck. If you give a buck, because that's the way the 401k system is, right? So whether you do it with chores or whether you do it with homework or whether you do it with behavior toward siblings or toward mom and dad that, you know, they were good or whatever. And you can just say, if you get three stars a day, you get a point, you know, and then you add up points, you need to get, you know, three or four points in a week. And you you can't do it so that they're going to fail. They can't. You can't make it so they have to have to get a point every single day because there's going to be days they don't get a point. And that's very important. It's one of the reasons why I love sports. You learn how to fail, but you learn how to prepare and you learn how to win. And so this is all about teaching them, you know, 
the preparation that's needed for good habits and behavior. And I think that's what the goal of a wage and a bonus program, or if you want to call it an allowance program would be. And then as they get older, you know, they're teenagers where they're 13, 14, 15. Well, by all means, if you have your own business, hire them, hire your kids, right? Yeah. Then as a, as a, as a supervisor or boss or whatever, you have a different role and even greater role that you can play with them in that regard. And if you don't own your own business, they might work and, you know, get them out working unless they're involved in sports or other curricular activities. So um, I know it's a very long-winded answer there. Does that, I'm sure you have- Very, very good. Thank you. It's, I think we can have another whole podcast on just that (laughs) one concept of- Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very interesting. It's, it's great. And thank you for sharing that. I I think I, I very much support your idea of like, you have to earn, but then again, this is like thinking back at where I came from and how I was presented with these opportunities, right? Like, I had to earn it. There was, mm-hmm. there was no option in the, in my family for that. And so, um, but it's also- I wrote a poem on that the other day. I'm trying to pull it up if I can uh, on allowance, but, but go ahead. Yeah. Uh, no, I was just going to say, it's also interesting that even in relationships with, uh, you know, when you're in a relationship with, with someone and finances are at stake, right? And so like, if you have a family that you're working with, you could, I mean, there's, like you can see that down the road when we become adults, how how some things could be different, right? Because yeah. of these kinds of experiences, right? Some can like I mean, I think of just about you know my husband and um, or like when you talked yesterday, I had a whole bunch of meeting meetings with clients and like just it's just maybe it was just a day, but a common theme was. Um, or the question that I was just talking to them about how do they want to um, pay or do they want to pay for their kids' education, like college mm, and yeah. beyond. And there's pretty strong opinions on both sides, right? And just like some were like, well, I had to pay for mine. So, and then the other was like, well, I, you know, I earned mine. I got a scholarship. So it's it's also like these kinds of things is what sort of, you know, sits in the back of our head and we carry this forward with us um, and to adulthood. And so- yeah. yeah, I I think these these steps that you can take um, to get your kids started on the right path are really, really, really important. Well, so- I think the one thing about that, Anna, is if, when you've been having these conversations, one of the biggest mistakes I think parents make is not having a conversation about money with their kids. Mm-hmm. And then and then you expect we expect them then to grow up and, and handle money effectively. Um, no. And so, so when you've done so at whatever age you're able to have that conversation and, and, and you're not forcing it upon them, you know, you, you're not sharing your family net worth statement with them at eight years old. Right. And like I said, talking at Roth, no, 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 but they're going to have a major decision to make if they do go to college, you know, and I believe this is a whole nother conversation. Not everyone should go to college and you're seeing more trade schools pop up and whatever, but at age 18, 19, it reminds me of a client I had one time that that calls me up and says, Hey, uh, Jim, I got good news and bad news. And I'm like, well, what's the good news? Well, my daughter got accepted to Villanova and I'm like, Oh my gosh, congratulations. That's great. What's the bad news? He's like, she, and and she got a, a full ride at Villanova too. So that was the really good news. I was like, that's great. Well, what's the bad news? He says, well, she got accepted to Yale without a scholarship and guess where she wants to go. Uh-huh. And so Yale was a 50,000, 60,000 year school. Villanova was covered. And so I suggested you're going to have to have a hard conversation, you know, with, with your daughter. She ended up going to Villanova. She absolutely loved it. But the point was, is if you've been having these conversations, honest conversations about money will lead to honesty about money in the future. 
right? And so I think that that can be very helpful for you as a parent when you're dealing with that later on. But yeah, here was the um, allowance poem that I wrote, okay? All right. Um, It's, you know, to to or to not offer an allowance. Uh, An allowance should be earned, not a gift. Working hard is learned or it won't exist. A big question I hear about incentives is for what and when. Additional chores and exemplary behavior pay could begin as early as 10. Remember why it's in place so the goal is not misplaced. Our kids need to learn how to earn money and plan to save it. Implementing an allowance will help them display it. Oh, I love it. Is this for your new book? <laughs> uh, it, 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 <laughs> good point. Hey, um, it may be. Yes. I'll have to come back on when when uh, yes. when that book comes out. When that comes out. No, totally. Yeah. Totally. We um, I'm going to uh, include a link to uh, to your book here for sure in the show notes um, with the podcast. So for the time we have today, can we close with just uh, maybe summarize, summarize quickly, like some of the tools um, that parents can kind of like, you know, uh, get get together. So we talked about your four step method. Uh, delay it, play it, save it, and display it. But mm-hmm. um, like, what else can we can we kind of um, put in, a, in on the radar for them? Yeah. So there's some things that that, that parents could go online. Um, junior achievement is a is I think a really good uh, resource. Uh, I volunteered with them for years, and and so um, they kind of start I think at like third grade. Um, but you could go on G- junioracheivement.org, and they have uh, information. Uh, they actually have in our neck of the woods, the whole state, they have a virtual career fair right now. So, you know, for parents that have kids in, in high school or whatever, they, they, they might have a chapter, they probably do in your, in your state and local area that has virtual career fairs that reaches out to professionals like you and I, Anna, uh, to help um, uh, kids learn about more about a particular career from a professional. That's one, mymoney.gov. It's a website, basics for money. Um, another one is the conacademy.org, K-H-A-N academy.org. That's basically a nonprofit and their mission is free education. So, um, they have financial literacy on there and I, I've looked at it and, and, you know, it has some good stuff. Uh, so that's, that's a good one. Uh, another one that I have to say, it's called moneybrightkids.com moneybrightkids.com. Uh, we have some old DVDs that my daughter loves. They did a phenomenal job. Um, I think now uh, you might have to subscribe, um, but uh, they, they had these DVDs and they just did such a good job of creating a 15 or 20 minute show that kids will really get and like, and it talks about money. So, so that was junior achievement, uh, mymoney.gov, Khan Academy, moneybrightkids.com. Uh, and then there's, there's blogs out there. Um, and of course, wonderful podcasts like yours, but we already know that because everyone's listening. Yeah, totally. Don't forget to subscribe. But yeah, yes. I mean, these are totally uh, great uh, resources. And as we were talking about, like, I look at my son, how he just loves to be on my phone and, you know, watch all kinds <laughs> of things. And so gamification is really the method that I think these new brains uh, actually learn and observe information. I am pounding him to read books like crazy. And I'm succeeding. He loves to read books. So, um, but also like the, you know, activities that they can be involved in, right? The play, the, the, the various um, uh, uh, things that Jim was describing that he does with his kids. And so um, being out there in the space where um, money conversation does happen, I think is also like the, just planting those seeds along the way um, totally. really does help into, into a future. So Jim, how can folks connect with you? 
Um, the best way you could go on jimdegatano.com. That's J I M. And then my last name's a little, little different D E G A E T A N O. So jimdegatano.com D E G A E T A N O. Um, and there you can see, um, see more information, uh, about me, uh, my background, but, but also you could go to Larry, the bunny saves his money.com. So Larry, the bunny saves his money.com. So if you want to go right to the book, um, you can go there. It is on Amazon, but if you literally went to Larry, the bunny saves money.com, you'll be able to click and, and buy the book, um, from there. And we have, uh, we've been blessed. We became a bestseller on Amazon. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's gone really well. I think any of your listeners would, would pro- that have young kids, I'd say kind of three to eight is the range. Um, but I have had some letters from 10 and 12 year olds that read it and learned something from it. Uh, mm-hmm. so I, I guess it depends as a parent where your comfort level is. So yeah, thank you very much for having me. Awesome. So excited. Thank you, Jim, so much. Thank you, Anna. Hey, Money Boss, thanks for tuning in today. If this episode did help you, then please be sure to share it with someone else you think will benefit from it too. After all, smart financial decisions are for everyone. Uh, So don't be greedy. I hope I can help you even further by sharing with you how thousands of clients I worked with in my career over the last 16 years created their very own successful financial lives on their terms. It's hard for me to do this over an audio, and if you are ready for the next chapter in your life, then be sure to go to MainStreet-Money.com to get your free resource guide to help you begin correcting top six financial mistakes I see people make all the time, such as not having clear financial goals, not having a handle on spending or saving for the future, not knowing how to get rid of all the debts, And of course, not having a clear strategy or plan on how to protect your hard-earned money. Until next time, remember, you are the boss of your money.